Ryan, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm uh, I'm excited to get started on this the first episode of the Egg Sports Podcast. Celebration noises. Woo! Woo! Um, so hello to to everyone giving us a listen. We we greatly appreciate it. Spending the next hour with us as we talk about sports on this the the last day before sports is officially back from the pause. Correct. MLB opening day today. Blue Jays start their season tomorrow. Next weekend we got hockey. We got the NBA coming back. It's it's exciting time uh, to be a sports fan. Uh, but the news today is uh, we finally got it. Seattle f- finally has a name for their NHL expansion team. Um, it's... It's a name I I wasn't really looking forward to, but but now that it's it's official, I'm uh, I'm I'm okay with it. Ethan, uh, yes, Ryan. What's a kraken? Not much. What's a kraken with you? Hey, <laughs> when this name was like being rumored, I actually liked this name more than anything else. I liked the emeralds. The Metropolitans were cool, but that's, that's a division. You can't name a team after a division. Well, it's a stupid division name. They should <laughs> rename the division. Hey, there's an idea. Um, I'm I'm glad it's not Sockeyes. Yeah. Because I think that's a terrible name. I don't want fish being thrown on the ice. <laughs> it's already a problem in Nashville. Um, so I I think Kraken... If you see the the logo in the jerseys, I think it's a lot easier to digest because the jerseys are awesome. They are very and nice. I, I wish would, it wasn't against league rules to make the away have the light blue as their main color. I think that would they they should try to do that. They should, they should figure out. A way I to like do that. teams that have their away jerseys a color that isn't white, like Sweden or the Quebec Ramparts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's. The the newest NHL team, the thirty second member of the National Hockey League, is the Seattle Kraken, and that that came down couple couple hours ago, mm-hmm. about ten o'clock this morning. Um, so yeah, that's uh, the yes. Seattle Kraken. Speaking of names being announced, um, Edmonton FT football team yeah the the Eskimos are no more and we we kind of knew this for a little bit mm-hmm. um i I don't think there was any way that they were gonna be able to hang on to their name uh Bel Air direct pulled their sponsorship Boston pizza threatened to pull theirs and you can't lose Boston pizza <laughs> <laughs> but um I mean right now we know that it's not going to be Eskimos. And we've heard from the the CEO of the team. Um, I I can't remember because uh, I saw this on Twitter from a. I I wish I could remember who reported this so I could give them fair credit. Um, but the CEO said that the name is not going to be the Edmonton Empire. It's not. Th- thank God. See, two years ago, that's what everyone thought it was going to be when they first started talking about removing the Eskimo title. Well, I, I, I thought Empire made sense for a couple of reasons. Number one... The logo gets to keep the E. Well, yeah, but they <laughs> they registered the trademark mm-hmm. a couple of years ago for Edmonton Empire. And second, they've, they've used that as a... 
I I can't remember what season it was now, but the like one empire was their was their motto, their slogan for the yeah. year that they used. So I thought it would have been an easy transition. That being said, I hate the name. <laughs> I think it's a stupid name. I think um I think calling your team the Empire brings up similar issues as calling your team the Eskimos, given the uh, the the connotation that imperialism has for some people. Um, but so far, from what we know, that's not what they're gonna name the team. They could have like thirds based on the Galactic Empire. That'd be cool. I was Star Wars night. Yeah, I'd be down. Like the Oil Kings do. I'd be really down. So, Ryan, my question to you, you're the CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos. What are you naming your team? I am? I, someone should have told me this sooner or I would have started thinking <laughs> about it. Um, so, see, I would have to ask first, would I want to keep an E name? Would I want to keep the alliteration, keep the logo intact? I, I think you have to because it'd, yeah. be, it'd be a heck of a lot cheaper to... <laughs> so, you don't, you don't have to change the uniforms. You don't have to well, change the Yeah, you won't want to touch those colors anyways. You gotta keep those. But yeah, um if we're keeping the E alive, the alliteration, which is actually assonance, I think, because it's vowels. I remember English class. Um yeah, if I wanna keep the E, I have to start thinking of nouns. Because I think yep. you need nouns. Um what's the first eagle is the first thing that comes to my mind. I don't know if that really works for Edmonton. There's not a lot of eagles flying around. They can call it the Edmonton magpies. If you want to deal with a bird team, um, maybe a uh, parking lot seagull, uh, Edmonton parking lot seagulls. Um, what else even starts with an E? Like, um, I've heard elks thrown Ooh. around. I do like that, actually. That's pretty good. I mean... Elks? Isn't plural for elk, elk? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> that that should be something that they clear up. Yeah. But you... you don't want to have a sock eyes situation. <laughs> you, you brought up eagles. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the name I'd be the happiest with, mm-hmm. because you don't have to change any of the branding with the team. You don't have to yeah. change the colors. You don't have to change the logo. If you want, you can design a secondary logo. You know, eagles naturally are just green and yellow. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's yellow. The, the colors, I don't think. Is a big deal in this situation. I mean, are Eskimos green and yellow? You, this this is a fair point. Do we want another animal name in the CFL though? Mm. There's already a few. I think whatever they come up with will be better than Rough Rider. <laughs> because I still don't know what a Rough Rider actually is. It is one who rides rough. As okay, <laughs> um, but I think you you brought up colors. Mm-hmm. You're right, Eagles aren't green and gold, but you Nothing don't is. you don't want a brown and white football team. <laughs> yeah. That just would not look good. I mean you can throw in some orange and rip off Cleveland instead of ripping off Green Bay. But I think and please correct me if I'm wrong, because the I could be way off the mark here. But I I was doing some reading about this and in in Canadian First Nations culture in among indigenous peoples, the eagle feather is actually a really important symbol, right? Yeah, we can kind of keep that. And so you, you, you could kind of, you're, you're now switching from something that's considered derogatory by some people 
and you're moving to something of cultural significance, I, again, I could be way off the mark, but mm-hmm. I think Eagles would be, would be a good I have name. another recommendation. Elephant. No. <laughs> Not, okay, what about emeralds? No. No? No. Um, I literally Googled on my laptop here, um, <laughs> noun starting with E. <laughs> um, I don't think emu works either. Nope. Eastern dwarf mongoose. Yes. <laughs> Edmonton, Eastern, because we're so east. Edmonton, the most east place you can think of. Hey, according to Russia, we're east. And we're also in the east division of the WHO, aren't th- we? Th- think about it. I mean, everything's east if you go far enough. Yep. Yeah, there's not a lot of nouns starting with E. I think Eagles is my current preference based on what we got to work with. Whatever they come up with will be better than Edmonton football team, which is where they're at right now. Edmonton or FT. Or double E football team. Eat? So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, Edmonton extraterrestrials. Oh, God. I think that's enough Eskimos <laughs> discussion. Um, but... I we'd love to hear what the the listeners think about the potential of the name change. Um, you can tweet me at Beduza Ethan, or you can tweet the podcast at Yeg Sports Pod. I'll get a Twitter at some point. Ryan <laughs> has been thinking about getting Twitter for about two years. <laughs> I think I have to now. I I think you do, man. You're a you're you're a host of a podcast. Now. I am. I also run a fantasy hockey team that has a Twitter, so I should probably get into that as well. <laughs> um, so uh, let's move on to, you want to talk some baseball? Sure. Okay, so today, uh, July 23rd, 2020, is opening day, finally, of the Major League Baseball season. I thought it would never come. I, I, I think it's hilarious that given where... Major League Baseball was at a few months ago that they're the first of the major the major North American sports mm-hmm. to come back and yeah. actually st- resume or start their season. Not that they are ready to um without having a playoff <sighs> format finalized or uh, I just a city for the Jays. Let let's start with the Blue Jays. Um so the last we had heard was that the Pittsburgh Pirates were going to welcome in the Blue Jays to their home at PNC Park. Uh, but then the government of Pennsylvania said, <laughs> no, no way, Jose's <laughs> not going to happen. So I right now the Blue Jays are a... Negro League style barnstorming team <laughs> without a real home. Um, there have been a few kind of potential places where they could go. Yeah. Now we should remember the Blue Jays don't play a home game till next week. Mm, they got time to they're, find one. They're starting in Tampa Bay. Um, and, and then it's I not th- need to have the same place for every home game, do they? If they need to like move halfway through the season. Well, that, that's been one of the ideas presented, but they're they're playing three games in Tampa Bay, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then two in Washington. So they don't play in... They don't play a home game until next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And those games are against the Nationals. 
who they're also playing Monday, Tuesday in Washington. So okay. they could push back this decision a little further and just play those two games in Washington. Yeah. Um, and then their next series is in Philadelphia, which is really close. And then they're back on the road again. So they have some time. Yeah, you can just like find like a short term fix for like those four games, and then when they're on their next road trip, find like a more definitive place they can stay. Yeah, like there's, it's not. I I feel like you should, ideally, you would reach a decision and have mm. it finalized by Last tomorrow. <laughs> or yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you'd have something in place by tomorrow. Yeah. And then if you need some time to get the field ready, because I know one of the options was playing in Buffalo, their their yeah. minor league affiliate. Because the AAAs aren't playing this year, are they? No. Yeah, so that place is open. The minor league season has been canceled, so the field is open. Um, the problem is th- there have to be some modifications made to the field. From what I understand, the, the clubhouse is, is too small mm-hmm. to ensure that everyone's socially distanced. Everyone on the on the thirty man roster, um, so, and the 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 big problem I've heard with Buffalo is that the lighting isn't up to major league standards. Mm. So the if you're watching on TV, the it's not gonna look great. Yeah, Compa- which everyone's watching on TV. Exactly. So, um, other options, Baltimore. That's been thrown around. I think, for me, ideally, they don't have to share with another, like MLB team. They can have an arena that no other MLB team. Well, I, for I, I, ideally, they'd be playing in their own ballpark. Well, yes, <laughs> but, and I think, there, there's been a lot of blame thrown around on both sides for the, for this kind of last minute panic that we're in. Mm-hmm. I think, both the Blue Jays and the government kind of have to look in the mirror a little bit. Like, the I I'm fine with the government's decision to say, we don't want you playing, in Canada, because mm-hmm. it's one Canadian team and twenty nine American teams. Yeah. And the United States right now is, descending into anarchy, mm-hmm. and, they're they're flattening the curve, but it's they're flattening the curve the other way. <laughs> The curve is flattened vertically. Yeah, and so the less border crossing you can have, the better. Right? It's but easier to move one team than to try to figure anything else out. But to tell a major league franchise a week before their season starts mm-hmm. they can't play in their home ballpark is a little bit ridiculous. If you're going to make that decision, then make the decision. Don't sit around. And I know the government's got a lot on its plate they right now. They may have now. been waiting just to see if the situation was better by the time the baseball came around, but could be. But a, at some point, give a warning. At some point, you have to just make a decision. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, the Blue Jays figure it out. <laughs> You're telling me like this was a very real possibility. It's not like we were blindsided by this decision. Yeah. Have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Like. You are a major league ball team. Like, you should be able to come up with the contingency plan. You could have seen the possibility coming. Well, and we kind of figured that there's a good chance that the government's going to say no. Mm -hmm. So, 
I thought Major League ba- Baseball had a good plan to to ensure the bubble. Um, but I again I understand the decision, but I think both the Blue Jays and the government um very poor planning yeah. on both sides. Anything to add to the Blue Jays thing? Um, I have not been following baseball very much <laughs> at all. Um, I mean, the fact that we're going to get games back, Woo! That, that's, that's good enough. Um, we just don't know where. Yeah, but we do know when. Well, 20, 29 teams know where. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, while we're on the topic of the Blue Jays, so Ryan, you are, you are not... A hardcore baseball fan. I mean, my fantasy baseball team got second last year, so I don't know what you're talking <laughs> you, about. You, you, would it be fair to say that you are a casual fan? Of... I can name you like less than fifty players. Okay, so so yes, <laughs> so correct. <laughs> um, so because the major league season is starting today on Thursday when we're recording this. Um, I thought it'd be good to to give you and maybe some of the folks listening a little little crash course to the uh, Blue Jays season. Does does that sound okay? Yes. The question is, who's on first? Yes. Who is on first? Mm-hmm. Okay. So first, um, we're gonna go through the roster. The Blue Jays announced their thirty man roster. Uh, today, this morning, um, and so I'll let you know everyone that you need to know to, to cheer for the Blue Jays. Okay. So Randall Grichuk. Yes, he is, he is, he is a player on the Blue Jays. (laughs) Uh, so we can start with Randall Grichuk. Randall Grichuk is, oh, sorry, before I start, you understand the basic rules of baseball and the positions. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, Randall Gritchak, he's, he's probably going to be our center fielder this year. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not old, but he's one of the older guys on the team. Definitely one of the older position players. Um, pretty good defense. He, he has a little bit of power. Mm-hmm. He can hit a few home runs. He did pretty well last season. He had a pretty good season last year, yeah. Um, okay, Bo Bichette. He's your favorite player. He is. I thought it was Nelson Cruz. No, it's 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 Bo Bichette. All right. Bo Bichette is the guy with the best hair on the team. Okay, that's <laughs> how you identify him right now. Um, he is the shortstop. I think he's the best hitter on the Jays. Um, he's really good defense at short. Really fun player to watch. How do you spell Bo Bichette? Well, Bo is just B O. Oh, that that yeah, that clears things up. For me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, he does have nice hair. Yes, he does. Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Bo Bichette is your new favorite player. Okay? Correct. Uh, this is his second season in the major leagues. Got hair like Matt Zuccarello. Last season, he set a record. I think it was the most games in a row with a with a double. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, he went on a, a about a two week tear, where he just hit everything that moved. 
Um, okay, so next up, Bo Bichette's double play partner, Kevin Biggio, at second base. Yes. Kevin is one of my favorite players. He's a really, he's a really smart baseball player. He thinks the game well, takes a lot of walks, and hits a lot of base hits. So not, he's got a little bit of power, but he's more, you know, base hits and walks. Really good defense. He's pretty good on an RBI 19, I must say. <laughs> um, okay, next guy you need to know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He is the most famous Blue Jay. He's changed positions. He Yes, he has. He's moving over to first base this year. Lot That's of, who's on first. Lot the of new po- question is who's on third. <laughs> we'll get there. A <laughs> uh, lot of power. Uh, really, really good hitter. He plays just like his dad. Um... Also, really nice hair. Yes. Um, and really, really good kid from from what I hear. Kind of, kind of shy and quiet. But uh, uh, okay. Next up is let's talk about some of the guys that the Jays acquired this year. Uh, one of them is Joe Panic. He's a second baseman. He's gonna be used primarily off the bench. Panic at the second base. Panic attack. Um, thing about Joe Panic is he's he's played on a lot of winning teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Giants won like three World Series in six years, he was on those teams. Um, and r- like really good fundamental ball player. Uh, next up on the roster is Travis Shaw. So the thing about Travis Shaw is he had a really bad year last year. Mm-hmm. I think he hit under 200. Um, but for his career, really good power numbers, pretty high average. Uh, he's a he's a corner infielder. He plays third, third base, first base. I think the Jays are going to use him at third because mm-hmm. they're moving Vladdy to first. So yeah, he, I mean, he plays all three bases. He, he's he's going to be probably your primary third baseman. And then the last infielder on the roster here is Rowdy Telez. Rowdy Telez is all power. He just hits moonshots. He's a first baseman. Um, he's young. He's a bit older than some of the some of the younger guys that have, that have come up lately. Um, he's kind of his career's gotten off to a a bit of a roller coaster start. He's either a god or can't hit. <laughs> Um, but I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, so outfielders, Anthony Alford is really interesting. He's been in the Blue Jays system a really long time, a couple years. Yeah. Um, he's dealt with a lot of injuries and when he's come up, he's kind of, he hasn't been able to, to stick around in the major leagues. Good comparison would be kind of how Tyler Pitlick was with the Oilers. Oh yeah. Um, Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher we got from the Astros in the, I want to say the Aaron Sanchez trade. Um, really fast. Good defense. He could play center field. Mm-hmm. I had him move Grichuk to back up or? To, to right left, field, right. probably. Um, but Derek Fisher, I he's a rookie. So you'll, you'll notice the common theme. They're all pretty young. They're all... It's a really young team. It's the youngest Blue Jays team I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Randall Gritchuk, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., 
Also really cool hair. I have to find this now. He is... He's probably in the conversation for best hitter on the team. <laughs> Very cool. Hit. With with probably him, Bo Bichette, and Vlad Jr. Mm-hmm. are probably the three best hitters on the team. Um, the defense is... It, it's it's nothing that'll... It, like, it won't turn heads, but the thing about um, Guriel is he can play everywhere. He can play second base, third base, shortstop, left field, right field... Mm-hmm. He's he's versatile. And another guy I forgot to mention is Kevin Biggio. Kevin Biggio can play anywhere. Mm-hmm. I have heard about that guy. Yeah. Um, Teoscar Hernandez, he's going to be the left fielder, I believe. Um, really good bat. The defense has been a concern. Mm-hmm. I think he's worked really hard to, to solidify the defense. He's not going to... He's not going to win a gold glove, but he won't be a liability in left anymore, I don't think. Um, but, I mean, they pay him for his bat. So, And then Billy McKinney is kind of your, your fourth outfielder. He can play all three outfield positions. Pretty good defense. Okay bat. Um, really fast. Um, and then that's it for the outfielders. Who the heck is pitching? The pitchers... Not Sanchez or Strowman. Nope, they're gone. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of relievers that, you know, you'll see pitch in a couple games. But the only reliever you really need to know about is Ken Giles. He's the he's the closer. Hundred miles, Giles. Um, throws heat. Got a nasty slider. Where's Bautista? <laughs> Bautista's gone, man. <laughs> he's that ship has sailed. Um, starters, you got Tanner Rourke, veteran, free agent, the Blue Jays signed. Uh, Jordan Romano is the only Canadian on the team this year. He's a, he's a, same thing, young minor league player who's working his way up. The big transaction the Blue Jays made this year was for, uh, Hanjin Ryu. Mm -hmm. He's going to be our ace this year. He led the National League in ERA last year. Um, thing about Ryu, which is cool, is he has such a good changeup that he throws almost as many changeups as fastballs. Hmm. Um, it's, I'm excited to watch it. Matt Shoemaker has been a really consistent pitcher throughout his career. He was injured almost all of last year. Yeah. So, but he's back. He's healthy. I'm Tre- sure I had him drafted on my fantasy team and he was just like on the IL yep. the entire time. Yeah. Uh, Trent Thornton is my favorite pitcher on the Jays. Um, the thing that's, so he wears glasses. He's one of two players that wears the, 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 Danny Jansen, the the goggles. Um, Trent Thornton has really weird pitching mechanics. (laughs) Like when he pitches it, it's weird. Um, so if, if you're watching a game and you see the pitcher, like looks like he's, Never thrown a baseball before. That's Trent Thornton. Carly Ray Jepsen. Uh, and then last pitcher, Shun Yamaguchi, uh, signed as a free agent. This is his first season in the majors. He was pitching in Japan. He's, you know, your typical Japanese pitcher. Throws weird. Throws a lot of splitters. Um, and then your catchers, 
My favorite player, Danny, Danny Jansen. Jansen. I love Danny so much. White goggles boy. Uh, Danny, probably one of the best defensive catchers in the game already. Yeah. And this is his second season. Um, but what's cool is that when he was a prospect, uh, he was more lauded for his bat than his glove. Hmm. The offense wasn't really there last year. It could show up at any point. In spring training, he was on an absolute heater. He was hitting balls out of parks, no problem. That was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> so the bat could come around this year. I wouldn't count on it, but you never know. The backup catcher is Reese McGuire. Um, Reese McGuire. If if <laughs> the story of about Reese McGuire is that um, he uh, <laughs> he he's facing a uh, a civil a civil uh, charge for indecent exposure in mm. in Florida. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. Uh, Google it, or don't. And then, so part of the part of the rules for this year, in in Major League Baseball, because of the the weirdness that is twenty twenty, um, each team has what's called a taxi squad. So it's not part of the official roster, but you can pull guys off the taxi squad and plug them in the lineup. What a great name for it, taxi meep, squad. Meep. <laughs> Beep beep boys. Um. So first off, you got Ryan Barucki. Uh, he's one of the the left-handed starters on the Blue Jays. I I was actually kind of surprised when he got put on the on the taxi squad instead of the thirty man. Um. Really solid pitcher. Still young. Still developing. He's got really good stuff. Um. So I'd 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 watch him closely this year. Uh, Nate Pearson is also on the taxi squad. Nate Pearson is the number one prospect in the organization right now. He throws, I think the hardest pitch he's been clocked at is 103. Yikes. Um, miles, not kilometers per hour. Uh, (laughs) he's, I think he's about six foot six. He's a big dude. And so when he pitches... (laughs) The ball's coming hard down at you. Yeah. Not it's not coming. It's coming down. Um. So, Pearson pitched in uh in the little two game exhibition series against the Red Sox. He got lit up. He was he could he had trouble spotting his fastball. Um. But I mean it's one game, exhibition. Uh, the plan with Nate Pearson is they're gonna they're gonna skip a start with him, because if if you're on the roster, uh, a certain amount of days you get uh, a year of service time added, and so basically, if he spends the first week not on the roster, the Blue Jays get an extra year of of team control. Oh, wonderful. So he won't hit free agency for for another year. And then the last player is Caleb Joseph. He's the third catcher. He's a wily veteran. Uh, big fan of Neil Pert and Rush. Um, there was a video in spring training where Caleb Joseph was... He had assembled various buckets and training apparatuses and performed a, a mime drum solo along with... 
I I think they were listening to Tom Sawyer. Great song. Um, but yeah, that's that's the the Here's Blue Jays. Blue Jays playoff or so season preview. Season. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Next week we will have our Oilers playoff preview. Yeah. Going look, through their looking forward roster. to that. Yes. Um, the other the other thing I want to do, as as we're talking about the Blue Jays, I want to give you a, a quick intro into all of the teams the Blue Jays are facing this year. Okay? Mm-hmm. This will be very quick. So they're starting off the season against the Tampa Bay Rays. Montreal? <laughs> Not yet. Hopefully someday. But Tampa is the the super analytic team. Basically, anytime a new idea comes into baseball, <laughs> it came from Tampa. Yeah. Um, last year, it was the opener. That was That was their big idea. Um, we'll see what they come up with this year. It's because they're they're a very they're a small market. They don't have a lot of money, so they gotta. Where people think what they got? Yeah. Uh, Washington Nationals. They're the defending World Series champions. They yeah. won their first title. Um. I I like the Nationals. I think they're fine. The Philadelphia Phillies. They are probably the most overrated team in baseball. <laughs> Um, a lot of people picked them to make the playoffs, maybe win the NL East last year. I think they finished fourth. That's in, basically winning. In the division out of five teams. <laughs> um, Ouch. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure they finished behind the Mets. I'm just going to double check right here so I don't... Keyboard creaking sounds. So I, I don't want to get this wrong here. Um, yes, the Phillies last year finished with an 81 and 81 record, five games behind the Mets Wow! and 16 games behind the division leading Atlanta Braves. So, uh, yeah, good, good job, Philadelphia. <laughs> Next up, you got the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves have won the division. They are the NL East champions last year. I love the Braves because they have the most Canadians on their team. <laughs> Two. <laughs> they have first baseman Freddie Freeman, who's a dual citizen. Yeah. Um, and then starting pitcher Mike Soroka from Calgary. He's on my fancy team this year. <laughs> That's why I know that name. Um, okay, next up you got the Boston Red Sox, division rival. Um, really good in the last few years. But they're going to take a step back this year. They're two best players. They traded it to the Dodgers. Yep. David Price and Mookie, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Because um, the owners are cheap, I guess. <laughs> Next up, Miami Marlins. Um, I give them a very good advantage because they're used to playing with no fans. <laughs> um, okay, then Tampa. Baltimore. Baltimore Orioles are the worst team in baseball. Hey, they have Chris Davis. Chris with a C Davis. Chris Davis was good for about a season and a half, and now he's the worst player in the game. Well. Um, so, yeah, the Orioles are... I just want to see their record last season. 54 and 108. Hot They were dog. 49 games behind the Yankees. <laughs> That's... Oof. That's a lot of baseball. That's just we're playing sixty games this year. Yeah, they were forty nine games behind 
Are they the going to hit 20 league. wins this year? I would not be surprised. I think this is one of my bold predictions for the season. Baltimore goes 0 and 60. <laughs> or I I think or close to it. I think it's very reasonable to assume that the Orioles will end up in single digits for wins this really? year. Really? I think so. Wow. They're so bad. <laughs> and they've had they've had a top 5 pick like the last 5 seasons. Yeah. And they haven't done anything with it. Um okay, next up you got um, actually, I think that's it. Oh, sorry, the Yankees and the Mets. Those are the last. So the Mets are kind of a team on the upswing, actually. Um, they, they've made some nice moves. Last season, they finished uh, third in the NL East. They weren't really... They were 10 games over 500, but they weren't anywhere close to a playoff spot. And the Yankees. Um, and then the Yankees, the evil empire, the Toronto Maple Leafs of Major League Baseball. <laughs> Everyone hates them, but they're rich. Well. Um, I think the Yankees are going to keep being good this year. They're, I think the Jays division is going to be... I think the Yankees are going to have it pretty easy to win the division this year. The only team that I think could really give them a challenge is Tampa Bay. Um, I the the thing about the Yankees is is it's they will go as far as their starting pitching takes them. Yep. The bats are there. We know they can hit, but you you can't win games in this league without pitching. So and that that's the big question mark for them this year. Um. So if I were to predict the Jays' division, that the American the League East... The question is, are the Jays a playoff team? It's going to be interesting, okay? If if we were playing a full 162-game season, I'd say absolutely not. They're still at least one, probably two years away. The thing about playing a third of the season, yeah. you don't have to be a good team. You just have to get hot. Yep. And the thing about the Jays... Is I think they're perfectly set up for this kind of short season because they All have young guys are well get hot at the same time. They have experienced pitching, mm-hmm. a, a lot of veterans on the mound, which I think is good because you have guys that aren't going to be rattled by, you know, this whole the the freak show that is twenty twenty. Yeah, but. A lot of young bats in the lineup. And the thing about young players that we see more and more is they're streaky. And when they get hot, they get hot. And we're talking about two months of baseball. Anyone can get hot for two months. Oh, yeah. Right? And it's it's the same in the NHL. It's a five-game series. Oh, yeah. You're flipping a coin. Literally. So, I think if we're playing a full 162 games... I think the Blue Jays would get close to 500 ball. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying it. They're making the playoffs in the 60s. I don't. I don't know. It's. I'll say it. They definitely could. Yeah. A lot of things would have to go right. Weirder things have happened. You'd have to. You'd basically have to have no injuries. Yeah. And the bats would have to, like, Bo Bichette is a guy 
that is built for this mm-hmm. for this kind of season because he's when he gets hot, he's hot. And what I think is going to happen with Bo Bichette this year is he's going to get off to a really good start, and then the season's going to be over. Yeah. That's how short we're talking here. Literally. And so, like, he's not going to have time to, like, flatten out or decline over the course of the season because it'll be over. So I think if the Jays get good pitching this year, which I think they will. they're At, defi- least, at least good enough. They're definitely going to get better pitching than last year. For sure. Because they've gone from a team that has to scrounge for someone to start each game. <laughs> Literally, I'd say at least 10 times last season, we'd go into a game and, you know, the coaches would be looking up and down the roster looking for someone who could pitch. <laughs> Part of it was injuries. A lot of guys got hurt last year. Shoemaker... Uh, Baraki was hurt for a while. Sanchez as well for a hot second there. Well, yeah, before he got traded. Mm-hmm. Um, my prediction is that the Jays finish at 500. Yeah. I think they... If one of the Yankees or the Rays doesn't get out of the gates mm-hmm. fast, yeah, it could open the door for the Blue Jays. Yeah, and they'd be a team that I could see jumping on the opportunity if it was given to them. I. It's tough because the AL East is still a really tough division mm-hmm. to win in. But I, especially if Major League Baseball expands the playoffs, Whoa. which we are about three, four, five hours before the season starts. And they still haven't said? Uh, and if, if you haven't heard, Major League Baseball um, trying to... S- Sneak in at the last minute um, and expanded playoffs. I think they wanted to go to to 16 teams Yeah, from where they're at right now, which is uh, 10 teams. That would make room for the Jays for sure. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're too late in the process, but we'll see. Speaking of predictions. So, sorry. You're saying Jays make the playoffs. I am. I am. That's my prediction. I'm saying they finish 500. But I don't I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> if they did make the playoffs, I would probably cry. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's enough baseball talk. Yeah, speaking of predictions, let's talk about the NHL award finalists. Right. They've now, all been, re- all been released. Um, and so... Yeah, we, we, we just want to say, do you want to say who you think is going to win and who you want is going to win for each award? Where should uh, we start? So you have the finalists pulled up. I do have all the finalists pulled up right now. So do you, you maybe want to re- read them out because I, I don't have them on okay. me right now. So the Hart and the Ted Lindsay okay. are both Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, and Artemi Panarin. The Calder... Wait, wait, wait. Let, maybe let's just go one at a time. Yeah, so... so see, the thing is, the Lindsay and the Hart are different awards. I think, I think Drysaddle's going to win the Lindsay. I think that's no question. Yeah. See, for the heart, for me, it's we have to figure out which like hidden, unofficial rule set they're going to use to decide it. Because two years ago, Taylor Hall won the heart for being way ahead of second place on his team in points, for having a year way better than anything we've seen before, and mostly for taking a mediocre team to a playoff spot. Based yeah. on that criteria, it's Panarin. However, last year, the Rangers, Kucherov, the Rangers aren't in a playoff spot. They're in a play-in spot. That's Ha-ha. not the playoffs. <laughs> and the NHL has said that's not the playoffs. If they win, then it is. Well, 
that doesn't count because it counts towards playoff stats. Which tune in next week it, for our play-in it, predictions. No, but you see how ridiculous this is. Yes, it's not the playoffs, but it but doesn't. It but it counts for the playoffs. Which the playoff rule for a heart trophy is dumb in the first place, but it still is going to contribute towards the voting. The thing is, last year with, with Kucherov winning, it wasn't. It was a totally different situation than Taylor Hall winning. Hall was dragging a mediocre team to the playoffs. Kucherov was just a standout star on a good team. Kucherov had one of the best seasons in the last decade. Since Mario Lemieux. Yeah. And, yes, he had teammates that had over 90 points. But he was... He was a standout on a good team. It was because of his numbers. Yes, which, if you follow the Kucherov unofficial rules from last year, it's it's clearly Dreisaitl. Which, to me, means McKinnon's winning. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, based on a Hall, based on Hall's winning, it's Panarin. Based on Kucherov winning, it's Dreisaitl. Well, hold on. I think based on the just the definition of the award. Yeah. Like, just based on the wording. Mm-hmm. I think it's McKinnon. McKinnon is the only player who has been nominated twice in the last three years. He got ripped off in 2018. The oh. only thing that I'm scared of with McKinnon is that he's also nominated for the Lady Bing. And the Bing has often been used as compensation for not winning <laughs> the heart. But the the thing about McKinnon is, there was a stretch in the season where he his where, line mates were JT Comfer and Jonas yes, Bonsquid. Landis Cog was hurt. Yeah, Rantanen was hurt. Yeah, McKinnon still put up numbers, and Colorado still won games. Oh yeah. So based on most valuable to their team, McKinnon, like. But what is valuable, right? Exactly. We. This is it, a, honestly, all three deserve it, as well as Pasternak, Hellebuck, and McDavid, but there can only be one winner. There's so many players that deserve this award. Like Some aren't even nominated. I, I sh- if McKinnon or Panarin ends up winning it, I won't be mad because they don't deserve it. Yeah, I'll be mad because Leon didn't get it. Because <laughs> Leon also deserves it. For sure. And I don't know how many opportunities Leon's going to have. If like this year, he really stepped up when McDavid was out. Like if you're looking at the uh, the point totals, Drysdale had 13 more points than McDavid, and he got 13 points in the six games that Connor missed. So, Drysdale is extremely valuable and very important. I think, is- I I think you're right in that. We don't know how many more chances Drysdale is going to get. Mm-hmm. Part of that is because McDavid. McDavid didn't have a down year, but it seemed like he wasn't in the headlines as much as he usually is. And I think part of that was... Dry settle. Well, part of it was dry settle, but I think the amount of games that Connor missed this year yeah. and his production wasn't... Like, his points per game is still... His points per game and his points total is both second in the NHL behind only dry settle. I, I meant... I, I'm going to pull up... Uh, but... In in terms of like his his career numbers, I think he's right on pace with his career numbers. Yeah, but it it didn't seem like he was having this year was his second highest points per game. His highest points per game was last year with one sixteen in seventy eight. This year was his second highest because he he put up one hundred eight points in eighty two games two years ago, which would have been a lower points total. Okay, than here it is. So yeah, his his career points per game. Is one point three four. This season he was at one point five two. Yeah, so he's still above his average. Like way above his average. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is the high. It's like you understand what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. 
it 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 didn't seem that McDavid was having the season that we're used to see, but it was the best season he's had. Yeah, exactly. Which is nuts. Yeah. Like, Connor McDavid has won the Hart Trophy. Yep. Once. But he has been nominated twice. No, just, he, he won the Hart Trophy. He was not nominated for it this year. Despite having a better year <laughs> than when, like... Well, look, David Postnock just had a career year as well. And for me, he's the number, he, he's, he's fourth place in my mind. Okay, so who who are your top three? Um, my top three are the three that are nominated. Okay, if I'm being honest. My, my four, five, and six is Pasternak, McDavid, Hellebuck. Um, which we'll get to Hellebuck in the Vezina conversation. But yeah, for me, who I want to win the heart, Drysdale, obviously. I think my top three are definitely Drysdale, definitely McKinnon, and then either McDavid or Pasternak. Mm-hmm. Just based on... Because for me, the Hart Trophy is the guy who had the best season. Yeah. Like, not... Like, the Lindsay is who is the best player in the game. Yes. That's not how it's usually voted on, but... Mm-hmm. um, And for me, the guy who had the best season was Drysaddle. Oh, yeah. And then after that, it Mads was... Mads was on pace for 130 points. Yeah. So, who do you think is going to win? I could see it going to any of them. I think, and out of the three, this is the, this is my third place. I think Panarin, because of, I I see it being too similar to Taylor Hall, had a year that was better than we've ever seen from that player on a relatively. But when team. Hall won it, we didn't have a Kucherov that year. This is true. Basically, what we're looking at right now is we're we're trying to compare reincarnations of the last two winners in the same ballot along with Nathan McKinnon and it's impossible to decide I my, if I'm if I'm like if I have to bet money I am sadly betting on Panarin I want Dreisaitl I think McKinnon should also win it I so. don't think Panarin's gonna win it I think the the people that are voting for Panarin there's not enough of them because it's They're just loud it's kind of the the new school it's the guys who have Twitter right <laughs> yeah it's it's your it's your and no disrespect, but it's like your your Greg Wyshynski crowd, you know, <laughs> the kind of the new school, um, analytics. Yeah. And again, I'm not I'm not. I think it's a valid opinion to make. Totally. Um, just we have a. I'm gonna say, Drysaddle should win it, but because it's the Oilers, I'm gonna say McKinnon. Fair enough. And is the Lindsay the same for you? For me, Lindsay's dry sidle. I think I think the players will get the players usually get it right. Oh yeah. So I'll say dry sidle. Next up, the Calder. We have Dominic Kubalik, who's doesn't have a chance. Along with Quinn Hughes. He had a great season. <laughs> he had man. thirty goals. Yeah, he had a great year, but I feel like it's been a two headed monster with Hughes and McCarr well, yeah, all year. Obviously, but you have to have three finalists. You do. And I I honestly predicted a while back I'm like all three are going to be defensemen this year. I thought Fox or Bear or someone would take that last spot. But yeah. If um, people paid attention to defensemen actually playing defense, <laughs> Bear would be a finalist. Yeah, I think so. That's fair. Um, also, Elvis Merzlikens? I know he didn't play very much, but... Yeah. He was a very good rookie. I think he's number four. Yeah. For me, b- between Hughes and Makar, I'm gonna, I want to say Makar. It's Makar. I do want to say it's Makar. 
Which wouldn't it be something if McKinnon won the all three he's nominated for and McCarr got the Calder. Colorado's they, that good, though. They could clean up. They're that good. They, they deserve are. it. I think they're going to, which we'll get into predictions for the play we'll, we'll save that for next week. I think they're winning the, the round robin. Okay. Um, I'll stop there. <laughs> next up, the Jack Adams. Where the hell is Tippett? I, I, Where is Tippett? Okay, read, read the finalists again. Uh, Bruce Cassidy from Boston, which, good team. Fair. President's Trophy, awesome. John Tortorella, who took a Blue Jackets team that lost a lot this offseason and got them into a spot almost as good as Toronto, which uh-huh. is impressive. And then Alan Vigneault from Philadelphia. Okay. Um, I think this is another case where it's similar to the heart, where there's a lot of people who are deserving, and yeah. you can only have three finalists mm-hmm. at the same time. And I say this as a guy who likes the Bruins. Yeah. They're my second favorite team. Why the heck is Bruce Cassidy <laughs> a finalist for the Jack Adams? Yeah. Come on. Um, I mean, Boston had a very good year, but like there was coaches that I feel like had a bigger impact on their team this year. Tuka Rask has been the second best goalie in the league this season. He's up for he won the Jennings with Halak, and he's up for the Vezina as well. Okay. Also, not even like okay. Let Let's talk about Dave Tippett. <laughs> Look, all you have to do to justify Dave Tippett. Not even winning the Adams, but being, being a finalist. Yeah. Which is all I really want. Look at the Oilers special teams last year uh-huh. versus this year. And some of that is personnel changes. Yeah. Riley Sheehan and Archibald have been amazing in the PK. Yeah. And Neil on the power play Neil was on super the power good play. for the first three months. Yeah. But just look. Look at video. Yeah. From the most frustrating thing for me about Tom McClellan was his inability to adapt. Yes. The Oilers would go out and run the same power play. Even when it stopped working. Even when it was just, we all could see that this isn't going to work, change something. Yeah. So, I think, and then obviously, like, just just look, just, if you've ever been at an Oilers game this year, like, the bench. Mm-hmm. The guys are more... Excuse me. The the players are more engaged in the game. Tibbetts, you know, walking up and down the bench and patting guys on the back and getting them fired up. And The Oilers had a different attitude this year. Yeah, and the personnel and think, changes were huge, but it's not like... People weren't predicting the Oilers to be good at the start of the season. They're like, okay, Uchis for Neal, awesome. They signed some bottom six forwards. No one was expecting... There's much of a turnaround. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to Dave Tippett's Absolutely. And I remember at the start of the season, I had a feeling about this year. Mm -hmm. And that started when they hired Dave Tippett. And I'll be totally honest. I predicted the Oilers finishing fifth in the Pacific. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I don't see enough change. Not second. Yeah, not not, not two points out of first, like, or whatever it was at the end of the year. But, yeah. So, yeah, Dave Tippett. But also, I think... Another guy that got snubbed was Barry Trotz. Yeah. I Trotz, think, honestly, every year he could be nominated. I think he is the best coach. Yeah. Or one of the best coaches. Mm-hmm. Out of the three who are nominated, though, I'm, I, I, I'm thinking Tortorella. Tortorella. It has Columbus to be. lost so much. And also, they were injured so much more. And Tortorella got them into balance. Because 
Everyone was like, okay, who's finishing last in the Metro? Columbus. Because the Devils got so much better this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, the Devils are going to be good. Everyone else is still good. Um, and yeah, Columbus is getting dead last in the division. Oh, man. The poor... Oh, I feel so bad for New Jersey fans. Oh, They're the new awful. Oilers fans of the last decade. No, 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 no. That's Buffalo. I guess. But I'm talking Devils with all their draft picks. Oh, that's... <laughs> oof. Ouch. Yeah, that, that's I think, rough. Yeah, Columbus I, was supposed to be bad, and they were good. They're ninth in the West. I, I ninth would, in the East. Sorry. I would give it to Tortorella. I would as well. Who do you think is going to win? I think Vino. Philadelphia was amazing this year. They're a top four seed in the East. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, they go up and down every year, right? They're like in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, in the playoffs, out of the playoffs. Yeah, but the difference is now they have a goalie. Now they have a goalie, and I think Vino's sticking around as coach and Hart staying hot in net. This team could be right at the top competing with Washington and Pittsburgh, and I think their team can outlast the success of Pittsburgh and Washington, and they'll have the division title to themselves until the Rangers and Carolina catch up. If we're looking at the next five years of the Metro, I think Philadelphia's got some division titles in them for sure. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I am going to put 33% odds on all of them. I have no idea who's going to win. This is fair. Yeah. I would give it to Tortorella. Me as well. But. Yeah, no yeah. idea. Okay, who's next? The Masterton. Steven Johns, Oscar Lindblom, and Bobby Ryan. Has to be Oscar Lindblom, right? No disrespect to the other story. Bobby Ryan's a really good story, too. Of course. But, um, also. Lindblom just got a contract. New three-year deal. Yeah. yeah. He can, he can play in the playoffs. He can. I don't, I don't know if he will. They're saying he they're saying he might. But um, I'd Lindblom. Yeah. For me. I'd love to see Bo Meester get nominated as well. But he yeah. it's yeah. about like a lot of people say the Masters is about like returning. And Bo Meester hasn't done that yet and he may not. If Bo Meester returns next year and plays like even fifty games, nominate him. And also because we are an Edmonton based podcast, I feel like we should address oh, yeah. the the whole McDavid. McDavid shouldn't have played this year. Like, let's be honest. He it's a miracle he what, did. What McDavid did was superhuman. Yeah. It was And he came back better. Extraordinary. It was impossible. <laughs> he shouldn't win the Masterton. No. I think that can go to Lynn Blom or I, Ryan. Yeah. Or, see Steven Johns is like a dark horse here. I forgot he was playing in the NHL. <laughs> Um, yes, we are back. Lady Bing, <laughs> um, Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, and Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, not Austin Matthews. Whoever loses her other Also, <laughs> okay, Nathan McKinnon is the only player this year to have been nominated for the trophy that rewards sportsmanship and gentlemanly play. Nathan McKinnon is the only finalist that has not been charged with a crime. Literally. <laughs> okay? So we're saying... I want you to think about that. <laughs> the, the, we have an award for gentlemanly conduct. And two of three. Two of three finalists have both been charged with a crime. <laughs> Get rid of the award. Yeah. I, it's a stupid I, award. I, I wouldn't miss it. Yeah. McKinnon. McKinnon. But yeah, O'Reilly, 
Also up for the Selkie with Bergeron and Sean Couturier. Um, Barkov has got to be fourth. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, Bergeron always wins it. Raleigh got it last year. This year, I could see Couturier getting it with the Flyers being so much better. Um, not totally sure. It could be. I'll just say Bergeron because I have no idea. <laughs> and all, all three of them are great. Elite mm-hmm. defensive forwards. Yeah, for sure. Next up, the Vezina. So we have Hellebuck, Tuka Rask, and Andre Vasilevsky. I just want to say something about Vasilevsky. Mm. With the start he had to the season, yeah. good for him. Yeah. Because I had Vasilevsky in fantasy, and the amount of screaming I did at my computer <laughs> when I saw his numbers the next morning. Um, I had Rask, and he was solid all year. I mean, there's no debate for this one, is there? It's Hellebuck. Two of these teams are, have, have been, for years, amazing. Winnipeg has been good, but Winnipeg got their blue line, Thanos snapped. Who's their defenseman? Um, Neil Pionk, Neil... Josh Morrissey, Lucas Spiza, Neil Dmitry Pionk. Kulikov, Nathan Bolio, and what, Tucker Pullman? Like, Viley no, Hanola? No, Hanola? No, no disrespect to those guys. But they're, they're they're not the Boston Bruins defense or the Lightning defense, which so, is the best of the three defense. So, like, it it's between Halibut and Rask. Yeah, Winnipeg got ninth in the West this year, with the, with their blue line being decimated. Like it's Halibut. Halibut should have been up for the heart if there was more spaces in three. Goaltending is a hard enough position mm-hmm. when you don't have to literally carry your teammates on your back. Yeah. So Halibut. Hellebuck. If it's not Hellebuck, I got to be some questions. <laughs> and then finally, of the only ones that listed here, the GM award isn't even released yet, but um, Norris, Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi, and John Carlson. Are also the top three in scoring by defensemen. Yes. Which proves how stupid the Norris award is as well. They're not top three in points per game by defensemen, though. Mm. Dougie Hamilton would be here if he didn't miss time with injury. But yeah, the Norris... We need to have a set, okay, new awards to introduce, an assists award, and we need a defensive defenseman award. No, the, the, the... Or make the Norris an actual defensive defenseman it award. It should be, f- the award should be for best defenseman and best offensive defenseman. Okay, so create an offensive defenseman award and because, make the Norris make sense. Yeah. Um, it's gonna go to Carlsman. Yeah. I think so. I think... I like Yozy a lot. Sorry, who's the third finalist? Hedman, Yozy. Hedman, that's right. Yeah. All three of these guys could win it. Oh, yeah. All th- Hedman won last year, did he not? I believe I so, I feel like yeah. Tampa just cleaned up last year, so... All three of them, you could argue, are the best defensemen in the NHL. Totally. And not have people laugh at you. Yeah. Um, like- unless, unless it's a Leafs fan. Because, <laughs> you know, Morgan Riley. Um, John Carlson... Was on pace for 100 points, the defenseman. Carlson will win it. I'll say, if I were to give it to someone, I'll say... I'd probably give it to Carlson. If if I was voting, I'd give, I'd give Yozy my vote. You like Roman. I Yossi. love Roman Yozy. I love him too. He's not on any of my fancy teams, and I still love the guy. Um, Nashville's defense... Like, Nashville as a team wasn't as good as they have been in the past. Yep. And I don't know why... Part of that's goaltending. The Duchesne effect? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But, but yeah, Yozy was so good. He led his team in points. And, I mean, I guess Carlson did as well. But, um, yeah, I really like Yozy. I think that 
Yosi, he will get a Norris. Maybe it's not this year. He should. He should. Just like McKinnon should get a heart, but we don't know if he will this year. It's like if McKinnon would have played in 1940, he would have won all the hearts. Yeah. <laughs> all the hearts of he, all he, the fans. He, he's won my heart. <laughs> is that is that it for the awards? That is all the awards listed on this website. Yes. Okay. However, in the tags, Rontanen and Zabanejad are here for some reason. They didn't get nominated for anything. Um, let's talk Oilers real quick. Yes. Philip Broberg. Is, Broberg is impressing a camp. Is is going to join the team for the for the playoffs? He is. Um, which next week we will have our full Oilers preview. Yep. But yeah, Broberg right now is really a good, great story in in camp. He is. So I okay. My question: mm. If you are Dave Tippett, what do your defense pairings look like? Nurse Bear. Yep. I think they had some rough games. A couple games this season, I think they lost it for us. You could, you could. But put, they're such a good pairing, and I want to keep them together. You could put Bear with a, a pylon. Yeah, he, he's gonna do okay. Is Caleb Jones gonna play? I think he is, isn't he? He was ruled unfit. I think he has recovered and has come back. Um, I'm just going to. Uh, See, for me, my pairings depend on if you want to play Broberg or not. Because like, try to find an update here. On is Jones even in our top six? If he's Caleb if he is Jones. healthy, I don't even. According to Oilers today, Jones practiced awesome today. So look, who are our defensemen right now? Clefbaum, Larson, Nurse, Bear. I think your top Russell, four is Benning. Your top four is simple. Your top four is locked. Yeah. <sighs> Nurse, Bear, Clefbaum, Larson. But the thing is, for the pairings, if Broberg plays, I want to pair him with with Clefbaum. I think in an ideal world, you don't play him. Yeah, maybe not. Okay, for the preseason game against the Flames on Tuesday, for sure. Yeah. Broberg needs to play in that. Um, I wonder if they'll, they'll let him carry an expanded roster for the... Yeah. I think my my question, who's your third pairing? I think our top four are pretty decided, but third pairing, you have Russell, you have Benning. Benning has to be one of those defensemen. I think Russell... As well for playoff, at least you got to try him, you know, playoff experience guy. If, this is like I love Jones, Broberg's awesome, Bouchard's great. Um, Mike Green sitting out, Lajuson still in camp, but like yeah, for me Russell is your sixth. If it's not Russell, it's one of Bouchard or Jones, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Jones was very good this year. Yep, I really like what I saw. I think Jones. But yeah, definitely, like, your fifth D-man is Benning. I think so. Because Benning could play in your top four and do quite well. And Benning has had... Like, he didn't play much this season. He was injured for most of it. But when he played, he was... He was so good. I think... I was listening to a, another... I think it was maybe two guys and a goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, someone brought up the Oilers' record with Benning and without Benning. Mm-hmm. And it's like night and day. Yeah. The guy's good. Yeah, and two years ago, I was on the trade Benning train. I I can't believe you would even say that. Well, two years ago, Benning didn't look like he was going to... In this house, we love Matt Benning. <laughs> yeah. Benning has... I think the last couple of years, Benning has really, like, not turned things around, but he's figured things out. He's developed. Sure. He's, he has developed, which, wow, Oilers defensemen are developing properly. <laughs> what a world. Woo! Woo! 
what a world we live in. And no you, more Schultz Petrie. And, <laughs> and you know what? I think that is a that is a good happy note to yes, end on. Guys, the Oilers are developing their Woo! prospects. Um. So before before we leave you, I know we're running kind of a little over the. It's the first one. This was bound to happen. <laughs> This is our two-parter pilot episode. And we literally still have so much topic left for next week that we are just saving because <laughs> the timing works better. So, because um, we are, you are, some of you are hearing our voices for the first time because we're kind of total strangers, <laughs> I figured uh, let's, let's not be strangers anymore. So, Ryan and I are going to partake in a little, a little game. Ooh. Uh, we're going to call it the lightning round, where basically I will ask... Ryan, five questions about himself. He has never seen these questions before. I wish I did. I, I should have previewed these answers, but I have not seen them. So it's it's on the spot. It's rapid fire. And this is our attempt um, to, to introduce ourselves uh, a little bit. So uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, um, doesn't matter to me. Um, you know what? I'll start. I'll fire you questions okay, first here. Okay, here we go. What is the first live sports game you went to? Uh, 2005 Joey Moss Cup. What is your favorite jersey that you own? Leon Dreisaitl, uh, old orange alternate. 2017? 2017, yeah. What is the best snack? Oh, ketchup <laughs> chips. <laughs> what, what, what do you watch on TV other than sports? Oh, um, on like TV, TV? Whichever. Does Netflix count? Netflix is normally on a TV. Okay, uh, sitcoms. <laughs> Good um, sitcoms, no, not like... Like Friends and How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. And which celebrity right now do you want to go and eat poutine with? Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> um, could be a sports celebrity, could not be. It's open-ended. You can, you can take two with you if you want. Oh, I'm going to for this three. Is, this is hard. <laughs> Get poutine with. Probably someone Canadian then. Um... <laughs> You know what? Just because I have a huge crush on her, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Okay, now it is lightning round the other way. Okay. Are you ready? Do you, do you need to take a breather? Sip I'm going to take water. a sip of water out of my Oilers 40th anniversary uh, complimentary cup. I don't know why you're showing the cup. There's no camera here. I'm showing it to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? Yes. Favorite sports movie? Oh, Money Ducks 2. Uh, Although Goon, Goon was amazing. <laughs> Just saw that the other week. Your your favorite non sports hobby? Um, probably video games. Favorite music artist? Sean Mendes. Your best memory of sports? Oh, it has to be um, the semifinal of the Lincoln Cressy Cup mm. twenty eighteen, Canada versus the States. The Dylan Cousins goal. Good times, good times. Yes. And finally. In the Edmonton area, where is the best place to get pizza? Ooh. Does Tofield count as Edmonton area? I wanna, sure. I want to shout out Tilly's Diner in Tofield. Tilly's Diner. You heard it here first. Although, um, I, if we're talking like fast food, I like Blaze Pizza quite a bit. But yeah, best place, Tilly's in Tofield. Okay. And that, that pretty much does it for us here yes. in... Episode one of the Yeg Sports Podcast. Um, Are we going to do our trivia question? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't come up with a trivia question. I'm sorry. Well, we can save them for the next week. Then. Or I'll answer your trivia question. Alrighty. And then I'll, I'll come up with a question next week. <laughs> Alrighty. So, 
Um, we all know in the 80s, Gretzky led the league in goals. Okay. The question is, who was second behind him? In the 80s. In the 80s, that decade. I, if you want a lifeline, I can give you multiple choice of five people. Mm. You need lifeline. 1980s. 80 through 89. I, what year did Brad Hall come into the league? I'm not even sure. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna research stuff. I'm not gonna find the answer. <laughs> You're just gonna Google when did Brett Hall start playing? Sorry, was it goals or points? Goals. Goals. No, it's not him. Do you want your five field multiple choice lifeline? Sure. Alright. Gartner, Curry. Goulet, Bossy, Howard Chuck. It is one of those five. Mm. I feel like it's one of those last three. Curry, Howard Chuck, and Bossy. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. Guys mm. got a ton of assists. Yeah. Who did most of those assists go to? Dale Howard Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, um, I, I I always like Mike Bossy had something. He was second to Gretzky in something during the. I'm going to go with Yari Curry. Correct. Bye. The first trivia question on the Yeg Sports Podcast. One for one. And Ethan Let's is one go. for one. Uh, okay, so. Is there anything else I forgot before we wrap up? Sam Bennett's a bust. Sam Bennett is a bust. And that's it for us here <laughs> on the Yeg Sports Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Beduza Ethan. Ryan's going to get Twitter someday. Um, you can also follow the pod at uh, Y-E-G Sports Pod. Um, say hi. Tell us why we're wrong. Call us idiots. You know, the whole shebang. Tell us your predictions for the NHL awards. Yes, that that's is good. And who who should we watch at Blue Jays camp this year? Who's um, a player to watch? This, this is a good question. So, yep, that's it for us. For Ryan Mackney, I'm Ethan Bedouza. Hey, that's me. Have a fantastic Friday. Have a great weekend, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>